Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. PJ's podcast. Welcome to PJ's podcast, where we speak of the three things that matter: politics, Jesus, and sports. We have a very, very special guest with us here today, Casey Edgar. He is a singer and songwriter uh, residing in Nashville, Tennessee. You can go down to the main strip there and see him singing every most every day during the week. That's what I did. Uh, we're extremely happy to have him on. He just had a new single drop, Things We Don't Talk About. Casey, what's going on, brother? Not much, man. I appreciate you having me on here, man. It's good to chat absolutely, with you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tell me about uh, Things We Don't Talk About. We listened to it. We loved it. Yeah, man. I put it out uh, a couple months ago. Uh, the first release under my... Now I went back to Casey Edgar. I was playing with a band called Flatland Revival for the last four years, uh, which was a project I started. But um, this year, it's kind of a turn of the page in my career. You know, went back to uh, to Casey Edgar full time, and yeah. So that's the first release. We got four songs coming out this year, but that was the one we had to release first. Man, we've been really proud of that one. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's just it's it's a life song, and I think yeah, we need more songs like that. So. Uh, yeah, I put yeah. it out, and uh, it's doing really well. Yeah, just hit 150,000 views on on YouTube, and it's got almost 100k on Spotify. So, by my standards, that's that's great. Heck you know? Yeah, dude, I'll take I'll take those numbers yeah. any day of the week, bro. <laughs> I mean, it's the music industry, man. It's a slow burn for some people, and it has been like that for me. So, uh, you know, just to see a little bit of momentum is is kind of nice, you know, after yeah. so long. So, yeah. Well, how many? Uh um how many songs have you put out now under casey edgar is this the first I put one? out uh i put out an ep in 2015 which had like five songs on it yeah um but other than that i mean i released four under the flatland revival uh moniker if you will but um yeah so i'd say i guess i got 10 right now out yeah yeah and you got four more to drop four more to drop this year yep. four more dropping this year uh filming a video on the first of next month and uh gonna get things rolling with that yeah so hopefully hopefully uh catches some ears you know yeah and did you go did you go down to nashville right after college no i actually uh what did i do after college that's a good question (laughs) they were blurry what did i do what did i do very blurry for me what did i do in during college too is a good question but i still um, can't tell you yeah but no i you know i after I left Tahlequah, which is that's how we met. You're my boy, Blue. But uh, <laughs> you're my boy. We, we, we don't we don't want to get into those stories right now. Okay? <laughs> no, maybe a little not, bit later. No. Yeah, yeah, right. That's the after show. But um, yeah. <laughs> after I left Tahlequah, I went. I moved to Edmond. Went to UCO for a year, and uh, I just didn't feel like it. Didn't feel right. You know, one of those things. It's just like something's not right about this. And I was getting more into music at the time, so I actually moved to Denver, man, with with Capel. Oh wow! With my oh, buddy really? Andy Capel, which you know, Ruben. Uh, yeah. Andy was an alumni of our fraternity, and he was like, "Man, if you ever want to come crash on the couch, you know, you got a place here. If you ever want to get out of Oklahoma and see what Colorado's all about." So I did that. I was gonna be out there for like a summer. I ended up staying for like two years. So, <laughs> and then uh, moved back to Oklahoma for a couple of years, and then moved to Nashville. Yeah, in 2011. What, what, what made you go to Nashville? Was it just one of those things where it's like, "I'm gonna go chase this down, see what happens." Well, I mean, growing up in Oklahoma, like I didn't really hear a lot about Nashville. I didn't know there was a place you could go and and write every day and perform if you want to, you know, on a on a daily basis as well. 
But uh, I actually took a trip out here with my dad, my aunt, and my grandma. Because my dad was, he's a songwriter too. And uh, he came out here because someone heard one of his songs. And he was a part of like a little workshop out here. So we came out here on vacation. I was like, this is amazing. I, I've got to give this place a shot, you know. So I knew I was going to go somewhere and play music. I was either going to be Austin, Texas or Nashville, Tennessee. I just, you know, Nashville felt better for me from like a blue collar working, you know, making money and making a living kind of standpoint. So, yeah, been here ever since. Yeah, it, it kind of fits your style of music, too. Right. Yeah. I feel like you, your style of music fits in really, really well uh, in Nashville. So, I mean, that that journey, I mean, where, where'd you stay? Did you just pack your stuff and, and take off? Well, that's kind of a funny story, too, man. Like uh, my dad actually moved out here before I did because my mom was like, go out there, you know, have a good time. Get out of my hair for a couple months. <laughs> so my dad went out to Nashville for this workshop with major bob publishing which is garth brooks's publishers and they were oh, wow. kind of the the management behind garth for a long time and i think they still are but uh so yeah my dad went to this workshop and uh they you know he played him a couple of his songs while he was there and they heard i sang one of his songs a song called california which i think is one of his best songs and the guy's like who's this singing and he was like that's my son and he's like he needs to come out to Nashville right now. I want to meet with him, you know? So really I booked, I booked a flight the next week. I was, I came out here right before Christmas, 2011. And, uh, my dad was living out here. And so I just moved in with my dad. Me and my dad had Christmas together in 2011. Just me and my dad <laughs> at, at Shoney's all you can eat buffet. Hey, there, there you go. I'll never forget. Shout out. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember Shoney's. Oh yeah. It was the worst chicken, uh, or the worst, uh, buffet i think <laughs> worse had. than golden yeah. corral oh it was dude 10 times <laughs> me and my dad we joked about that for years we said that was pitiful man like why did we go to shoney's for christmas dinner you know because my dad was a great cook too so but yeah that's the long <laughs> and short of it man like uh, yeah i moved out here and stayed with my dad man it was really cool to kind of get my bearings under me out here with with my dad kind of by my side i mean we did everything together for a couple months then I was yeah. like, all right, I got to get my own place now, dad. This has been fun, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It has, does, uh, is like, have you ever thought of redoing your dad's song? Yeah, man. I actually am planning on doing that in the next, hopefully couple, maybe years, man. It's, it's kind of a big project. Sure. Um, like growing up, my dad had these things called jams where he would invite all his buddies over. They would play all night long, just swap songs tell stories just you know have a good time it was uh whoever wanted to show up could show up and if you're going to talk please go to the back of the room and let the musicians sing and <laughs> let the songs be right. told but yeah so i have this idea that i'm going to do a project called the jam where i'm going to hopefully re record a bunch of his old songs and have a bunch of his friends you know uh we're going to do one big jam for my dad because he passed away last year and uh mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that would be a good way to remember him, you know, because we haven't had a jam yeah, absolutely. so long. And that, that was that was my dad, kind of one of his legacies with all of his friends. So I'm like, we got to make that happen somehow. So that's that's on my to-do list for sure. But, yeah, whatever we can do to help yeah. out with that, I'd love to see that, man. Well, it's going to be like taking, it. it's going to be going down in Oklahoma, man. So both of you guys. Heck yeah, it go. is. If it has a podcast we'll, live, live we, on the scene. There we go. We will be, we will be there. We will be there. That would be amazing. 
We'll do a live, yeah, we'll do a live PJ's podcast from uh, from the jam. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I love let's, it. Let's, let's I love it. Let's make that happen. Let's make yeah, that yeah happen. seriously. I'm, 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 I'm gonna hold you to that one, dude. No, I'm, I'm definitely holding you to that. <laughs> so, did you find it hard to like kind of break into the to the scene? Because I know you just didn't get there and and it all happened overnight. Yeah, man. Uh, well, I got a job when I first moved here. I, I was valeting cars, you know. Uh, at several locations downtown and that was a great way to meet people you know um but other than that man they have these things called writers rounds where all over town bars hotel bars i mean any place that has a microphone and a speaker they'll let you get up there and play your songs and take turns playing songs and that was a great way to meet songwriters you know just go to those writers rounds every night get up there play then mingle with the with the other people you know so, I mean, I was 24 and it was, it wasn't very hard, man. Cause I was going out every night, going to the bars, meeting everybody. So it was, you know, it, yeah, it wasn't that hard, you know, it just, yeah. it's, it's just all about who you meet and, and finding the right people that you're best creatively with, you know, mm-hmm. but it's full of, I mean, this place is full of musicians, songwriters, anybody you can think of that you want to meet in that industry. So, yeah. I'm sure you're competing long. with a lot of talent around there you are yeah and that's something you know as a as a young musician coming to nashville i had to kind of take a step back certain times in my out here and just you know <clears throat> i work best when i'm when i'm my my head's clear and i'm not trying to catch up to everybody else you know oh yeah sometimes like from a creative standpoint it's like you gotta be able to step back from what everyone else is doing and just do you and that's like that's been the biggest challenge for me, you know, is taking a break from the rat race and just saying, all right, why did you come here to write good songs? So let's get back to that. You know what I mean? So, well, yeah. I, I feel like you would have a, a lot of, uh, com- like, uh, not, not necessarily competing, but mimicking yeah. what you see. And it, I think it, you'd almost get lost in it. Yeah. Right. You where do, you're almost man. trying to mimic other people and not do being true to like, what made yeah. you who you are sure man that's very easy to do and I, i've caught myself in those predicaments in the past out here just because you never know what someone's going to tell you you know one guy's going to tell you to wear red shoes then you'll meet the next guy he's going to say you need to wear blue shoes you know mm-hmm. it's just that's just a weird example but it's just everyone's got their own opinion of what works and when it comes to like music and it's just you can't really put a pin pin on it you know but that's one thing that you have to get over with Nashville. And I've had to kind of learn is just, it is kind of cookie cutter sometimes with, especially mm-hmm. in the country music industry. So uh, for me, it's just, I just want to write good songs. I'm not, you know, I'm no longer worried about like the rat race per se. Yeah. Yeah. Just so, writing songs yeah. that you want to write, singing songs. So do yeah. you have any other, do you have any songs that you've written that you haven't sung? Um. Yeah, I have. I've had a couple you know, good friends of mine record songs that uh, we've wrote, but um, I'd say the, when I first moved to town, I had a guy in Canada actually record one of my songs, which is pretty cool. Um, oh, that's cool. But, you know, no how, big, no big cuts yet. So, <laughs> well, I mean, how cool is that though? Like you write a song and you hear somebody sing it, right? I think that would be a really cool thing to, to see and be a part of. Yeah, man. I, that's one thing I love about songwriting is, is you're really, you can really flex your muscles and not everything you write is going to be something you want to sing. 
you know, mm -hmm. I can, I write with like a female artist and we write a, a song for a female artist and she might cut it. It's like, that's, that's cool. Cause it's just another way to, another way to get your creative juices flowing, you know, and not always have to be pressured into writing stuff for yourself. That's one thing I love about Nashville and in that sense of it, the writing part of it, you know? So yeah, it is pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it seems like that, that would be a lot of fun to see your artistic, you know, creativity actually come to life and, and see people perform it and different things yeah, like that. You, but you, you, you live live vicariously through these other artists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, with right. you, I mean, you got you got the talent to to sing, you know, sing your songs. I think you're you're a hell of Thanks, an artist, man. right? I've I seen you live. That. People love you. Right. Man, I that, appreciate it. Where what where were we? Uh uh tequila giving song, yeah, tequila cowboy. Yeah. Tequila cowboy, dude. Yeah. They were loving you over there. That's a fun dude, little spot, man. Dude, it blew me away that on a, a Monday at one o'clock, it's just jamming. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, just hundreds and hundreds of people walking around, you know, got beer in their hand, everybody's singing. I mean, it's a pretty incredible atmosphere. It's madness, man. out there. It, <laughs> okay, that's a good word for it. It is madness. It was well, absolutely one o'clock last... on a Monday, dude. Yeah, right. I mean, this, <laughs> la this last weekend was insane. They had Luke Combs played Friday and Saturday night. Oh, wow. And then they had a Predators game. And they had another concert and then like a soccer game or something. And it was just, man, I think I got a hernia just from traffic. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. How, uh, yeah. How is the traffic compared to Oklahoma? I It's just, you can't even compare, man. It's like apples and oranges, <laughs> man. It's like, because everybody that moves to Nashville from all over the country, they bring their driving style with them, you know? <laughs> so you get such an eclectic group of drivers, man. It's like, <laughs> you just, you just have to practice patience. That's my thing is like, that's my, when I'm in the car, that's my pa my practice patience time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's hard to do, man. That and sometimes, so sometimes, sometimes I'm the idiot that's driving, you know, it's not always <laughs> on other people. Like, let's get that right. So some of your most creative moments come when you're just yelling at other drivers, right? Like trying to make a song out of it to cool hey, you you'd down. Hey, you'd be surprised, a man. You'd be surprised. <laughs> so I, I know you, uh, when you went down to Nashville, you were single. Did you uh, find a lady or are you still single? What's the house situation? I found a maiden. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, I met Eden who we're not married as of right now, but that's in the near future. I met her and actually we met in 2015, uh, down in Panama city beach, Florida. I was playing a gig down. Oh, there. wow. Yeah. There I was just go. running around with the band, the tip jug. I had the tip jug. I was running around all the tables <laughs> and I, I said, do you guys want to tip the band? You know? And she ended up following me she on gave, Instagram. Yeah. She gave you the best tip, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She followed me on Instagram and, Man, like a couple years later, we just reconnected. You know how that stuff works, and the rest is history, man. Been together yeah. ever since. So, got any? We got a little beautiful baby boy, yeah. Uh, Stetson Edgar. He's Stetson. Uh, I love it. Stetson Edgar. Yep. Yeah. He's sixteen months. Well, seventeen months now. So that's been a whole new journey for us, and uh, for me and and Eden, and it's been it's been a blessing, man. You know how it is. I mean, Monty, what about you, man? Do you have kids yet? 
Yeah, we're my kids are real close to Ruben's kids' age. I have a I have a three year old and a six year old, so uh, awesome. our our kids run around run around together all all the time. Casey, so, yeah, yeah that's our cool. kids it's awesome. constantly argue with each other. I mean, they come mm-hmm. over, yeah, they beg to see each other, and then they get there, and two minutes later, they're arguing with each other. <laughs> like, yeah. Guys, come on! Like you just hey. were begging to come over here, and all you're doing is yeah. just fighting with each other. <laughs> nuts! It's nuts, but. And then, and then awesome. as soon as they leave, they're like, "Hey, when it, when is when are they coming back?" Over, I'm like, well, "You just <laughs> fought with them for a whole two hours. You want them to come back? I've been here for two <laughs> days. Crazy. You guys haven't played once. All you've done is argue." Right? Yeah. What's <laughs> what's going on here? So that's nah, really dude, cool. How, dude, kids are an absolute blessing. I'm sure it, it uh, you know, helped your creative juices, right? I feel like. Uh, if I were I even sleep anymore, what are you talking about? Creative oh, yeah, business? right. It's <laughs> 16 months old. He's performing and then he can't go to sleep at night. Monty, I, you already know me so well. And I just, I know, you. dude, that, that <laughs> would have been hard. That would have been really, really hard. Cause I mean, you are what you, you show up at what? Nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. You're there till two, you know, it's, it's different, man. But you know, luckily like the guys I work for that book me downtown, I mean, they've been really cool with like booking me during the day. So like, um, I don't know how this summer is going to be cause you never know, but you know, I usually get off at, you know, six, 6 PM, 10 PM every now and then I'll do a late shift. So I'll get home late, but no, man, that's been a blessing, you know, just getting home early and being with the family early for me, of course, like 10 o'clock's early for me, you know, to yeah. get home, but, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been nice in that respect. I was a little worried about that at first, you know, because uh, this lifestyle is it's different. You know, being a dad in this kind of environment is it's a challenge sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, being in the bar scene every night and seeing the you know the joy and the decadence of of people on a daily basis. Sure. <laughs> uh, you put you put that so well. The joy and the decadence. <laughs> Write that down, Ruben. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I don't more, know way more joy. Decadence. Yeah, I don't know where that came from either. Honestly, <laughs> I didn't even know I knew that word. But um, <laughs> no, it's just you know, that should be a lyric right there, buddy. That should be a lyric in his next song right there. Put it on a T-shirt. Yeah. The put it on a people t-shirt. of Nashville. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the name of my podcast right there you go. <laughs> oh man that's funny yeah i mean it just it seems like uh like when you have kids and you get married um uh, i i feel like you have more i don't know uh things to write about right but the oh, more sure. things you care about that you're yeah. passionate about right i i feel like uh the create like your creativeness is would just have more areas to go right oh yeah it's definitely opened up that i mean it's it's kind of been you know when you when you have a kid it's it's like fight or flight you know so Mm -hmm. it was for me it was just learning the ropes of being a dad and like trying to wade those waters you know the creative thing has been kind of tricky at times just because you know it's a full you guys know it's a full-time job i mean yeah so just finding those moments where i can kind of you know do that it's been it's been a bit of a challenge to be honest with you but um, i wouldn't trade it for nothing you know I mean, it's just yeah. part of part of it. So it sounds so. like you got yourself a good wife because I think that would be and one of the major great. things, right? Not yet, not yet, not yet. He hasn't put a ring on it yet. Really. Yeah, not yet. I, 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 I say wife, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Well, I, I call her that myself. Um, there you go. But, but uh, yeah, man, she's been wonderful, dude. It's been it's been great to just see her and her being a mom. Like you know, you grow up with parents, you never realize 
all the work that goes into it. And like, just to mm -hmm. see that from an adult is like, wow, makes you respect your parents more too. You know, it's like, uh, but yeah, man, she's been great. It's been awesome. She's been so great with, you know, my schedule and all my work stuff. And it, it, it wouldn't be possible without her. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. yeah. My music, my music thing would not still be going if it wasn't for her. You know what I mean? After the kids. Absolutely. So it's been, it's Absolutely. been awesome. Yeah. You know, what's, what's funny when you like, uh, become an adult and have a kid, like as a child, you think your parents have it all together. Right. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like, nice. like yeah. you think they've got it all, all figured out and then you get there and you're like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, I, I know they didn't know what right the now. hell they were doing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I thought they had it right. all together. They did right. not whatsoever. Right. Yeah. It's just fun. It's just funny how that you know you, you just see the world in a different light when you have kids, man. It, it is wild. Everything changes. Again, it every, really every, the way you look at everything, it's just like you said. You know, especially being in the industry that you're in, working late. You know, all those different things. Uh, yeah. You know, you have. I feel like you have to have a warrior by your side to help you out. I mean, yeah, man. And for me too, it's been it's been great for me. Like, like I was talking about earlier, like moving to Nashville and, and just the hustle and bustle and the, you know, for a long time, my, I felt like my purpose in life was to make good music and hopefully my music speaks to people. You know, once you have a kid, like that's, that's my purpose in life now is yeah. to be a father to him. And then the music, let those chips fall where they're going to fall, you know, and it's, that's helped me. Uh, you know, it's, it's been like a kind of a big, I don't know, weight off your shoulders, if you will, of sure. like that pressure of like, well, now this is, this is what I'm living for now, you know? Yeah. So it's been I can, good. I can, yeah. I can see that like, uh, before, for that you're living to, to, you know, make it right, right. So to speak. And then something comes along where it's like, you're living for him, but you're working hard to make it for him kind of changes exactly. the angle a little bit. It's yeah. Kind of the way I would see it. No, you hit hit it on the head there. Well, brother, uh, do you have so what's next? What's the next single that's going to drop? Yeah, man, I got to uh, let's see what it's April eighteenth. So yeah, about a month, May nineteenth, if I'm not mistaken. Make a night of it. Yeah, it's going to be out. Um, yeah, it's, it's a song I'm really proud of. It's another song that uh I was pitched, you know, and picked up from a guy named Matt Rogers who. Just won a Grammy for Till You Can't. Have you heard that one? Cody Johnson. Uh, -uh. uh yeah, it's a great well, what's song. It called? Won, it's called Till You Can't. Till You Can't. Um, but it just won a Grammy and one song of the year. And Matt was awesome enough to him and this guy named Josh Osborne, he's another songwriter in town. You know, they they gave me the song and I I love it. It's just a real it's a chill kind of it's just a song about, you know, making a night of a night uh, with, with a girl and seeing where it goes and not having the pressure of forever, you know? So yeah, I'm really excited about it, man. We'll see where it goes. Dude, that, that sounds awesome. Thanks, man. Sounds awesome, man. I'm, I'm so proud of, uh, of you sticking to it, man, getting out there, living out your dream. It's a hard thing to Things do. A lot, brother. It, it really is, man. That, it's a really hard thing to do, but uh you know, you've stuck with it. It seems like there's a little light at the end of the tunnel for you. Um, uh, that single that, that I listened to, uh, things we don't talk about was phenomenal. 
right? I mean, I, I heard you all all during college, right? But we, we all we all knew you were you were for, for be better kinda, or worse, man. Hey, it was good in college for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but man, you you went out, you did it. Uh, you know, I'm I'm yeah, proud man. to call you a friend and a brother. And uh, if you guys don't follow him or listen to him now, uh, go follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify. It's Casey Edgar. Uh, first single that dropped things we don't talk about uh, coming out May 19th. Uh, Tell you can't. Is that right? Tell you can't uh, make a night of it. But make you a night of is, it. Sorry. Uh, yeah. No, you're you good. Can. Make a night of it. Uh, so once that drops, go out and download it and listen to it. Um, brother, I appreciate you coming on, man. Man, thanks for having me. I I hate that I talked about myself the whole time. I want to get on here and talk about you guys next time. Man. <laughs> next time. We'll, next time. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have you on again where we could just uh, yeah. shoot shoot the shit together. I'd and, love to, uh, man. Thank, thanks for having me, Monty. You, thank, thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, anytime. Come Absolutely. back when that, that, next single, that next single drops, man, and we'll, we'll do this I'd again love for to. sure. I'd love to, man. So that's uh, I'm I'm gonna put it on the schedule here. Uh, May, what'd you say? What what's May nineteenth? May nineteenth. That that's uh, that a, it should be a Friday. It's Friday. So uh, we'll have you on that night if you want to, dude. Let's if you're do free, it. yeah, that'd be All awesome. Right, so we're gonna put you on May nineteenth, and we're only gonna spend a little bit of time talking about music. The rest we're going to talk about other hey, stuff because we have that. a lot of other stuff to talk about, brother. I'd love to, man. Not nah. <laughs> so, all sure. right, brother. Hey, I appreciate you coming on, man. We'll talk. To Thank you, soon, you guys right? for having me, man. Y'all take care. Appreciate it, man. Yep. Good luck, all right, buddy. Thanks. See you. Uh, get on Spotify. Listen to him. Uh, he has phenomenal things we don't talk about. It's a single that just came out. Uh, he's got another single coming out May nineteenth. We'll have him back on the show. And we will talk uh, more than just music, but that was a phenomenal uh, conversation with him. Monty, you listened to yeah. his music. What'd you think? I loved it, man. It was good. I, I actually, I pulled up uh, on YouTube, I pulled up his his new single, the, the videos on there, you know, so uh, he's got 162,000 views already. So man, he's doing big things, bro. It's going to be cool to follow him and see see uh, how he trajects in, in Nashville tennessee nash vegas as you used to call it back in the kentucky days dude i still can't get over how crazy it was at one o'clock on a monday like i just can't yeah, get over yeah, it it's a like, monday it's a work day man yeah, most of the people yeah. out there were in their work clothes yeah. just you yeah, that's know what i'm saying that's throwing what, it back yeah. i mean it's crazy yeah. that's why in lexington we literally called it nash vegas because it's literally like like the las vegas of the midwest <laughs> right like you like at one o'clock in the afternoon, you can go out there and you can party and you can have a good time if you wanted to, you know. So it's, it's crazy. It's, it's wild, bro. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Man. yeah. Well, I'm I'm really happy you came on. I'm happy to have him back. Uh, back May nineteenth. Yeah. Uh, that should be fun. And and he is on top of just a um, you know a, a phenomenal musician and singer. He's a good dude. Like in yeah. in college. Uh, you know, he always, he was, he's a little bit older than I am, uh, but we, we went through the same fraternity and he was always nice, always willing to help. Uh, nobody ever had anything bad to say about him. And uh, he entertained, he entertained us our entire college yeah. career. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, there me, wasn't me, many me times guitar. where a guitar wasn't next to him. Right. A right. uh, lot of, a lot of nights at the bonfire, uh, sitting around, listening, listening to him sing and to see him, uh, making music videos is uh, really cool to see. 
So yeah, absolutely. That's that's very cool. I love that. Um. All right. Let's. Uh, what do you want to do? Sports or politics? Okay. Let's. I'll let you pick. You always make. Me I, I like the mood right now. So let's go sports because I'm in like a good a good mood. I don't want to bring the the level down with the shittiness of our government. So let's keep keep it <laughs> keep it up high with some sports. That's funny. That's funny. Um, I think the, the biggest sporting news that came out today, oh, there's a couple of things, but uh, I think uh, Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, announces he oh, finally man. got cleared, and he announced that he's going to return to the NFL. Obviously, he's uh, a young guy, 25 years old. I know a lot of people probably saw it, but he, you know, he got... He actually uh, made a tackle and then he stood up for maybe, you know, two, three, four seconds, fell back down, cardiac arrest. You know, they, they brought him back to life and, you know, and now he's going to make a return to the NFL. So I think that's um, I applaud that. And, you know, I hope everything works out for him. Um, he, and he did. He came out and he said like the, his, the cause was this thing called uh, Commodio Cordis, obviously. And it's a, a direct blow to a, a specific point in your heartbeat that causes cardiac arrest. And, that's what uh, they keep saying. That's what they yeah, keep well, I mean, saying, but eh, right. a little, so, little and, and I know. Right. And I, I know that's what the conspiracy theory, that's what people were saying before. And even before, like when, so, when someone asked him about it, he said he'd rather not say, but like, obviously like coming out and coming out of his own mouth, you know, it came out that this is what he really, he really, really thinks it is. Um, and then also he said, apparently it's the leading cause of death in youth athletes across uh, all sports. So like that's his new platform, right. Is to um, make sports safer and seeing how you can help uh, prevent that from happening so uh we'll, we'll we'll definitely see what happens with that but dude i'm glad he's coming back and, and he was yeah. a, he was a dog man he he was a baller um especially like for a size he's not big but the guy i played like he was um you know a giant so uh, i hope he hope he does make a full com contact and or come back and um has a good uh good career yeah i, I mean i'm extremely it's really good he came back like, I, I think it's really good. There was a lot of questions that were surrounding, um, you know, what happened to him. Um, I know there's a bunch of conspiracy, you know, stuff going on with actually what happened. Um, mm. I, I don't fall on either side of that. Uh, I mean, the actual uh, thing that he said happened, that's an actual uh, real thing that does happen. That's a it never really mm -hmm. happens in sports. It more happens in like car wrecks and uh, heavy injuries, but, you know, running full speed into another player, full speed, I can see it happening. Uh, but really right. it's just good that he's coming back and he's able to play. Right. Um, I yeah. think that was a, a major, major concern. Uh, I know it opened my eyes a little bit to the physicality of, uh, uh, football and, and youth when it comes to youth also, um, seeing, mm. uh, seeing somebody stand up and fall down and, and have no, uh, heartbeat and no pulse uh, is pretty scary, but um, I, his return to the game is good. Uh, I, I hope he it goes through. Yeah, I hope he gets all the credit um, that is coming to him because to come back from that, uh, I, I just hope he's productive. Let's put it that way, right? I hope yeah, he yeah. he comes back. He's productive uh, because I know that could probably have some, um, you know, long term. Um, you know, being scared of running full go, you know, those types of things I could see taking place. But if he comes out and he's as effective as he was before, I think that's a good thing. So kudos to him. 
Yeah, for sure. And I mean, dude, at the end of the day, I just, I just hope he's healthy. Right. And, you know, I would, I'd hate for him to come back and, you know, he, him not be a hundred percent or full go, right. Yeah. You know, something, something, something crazy comes out of this, you know, but you know, we, everyone wants that, that, that feel good story, that 30 for 30 moment, you know, and I, and I hope this is it. Cause uh, like I said, he was a heck of a player until this happened. And I, I, I hope that player uh, comes out, comes out or comes back, you know, so for sure. Yeah, let, so let's congratulations hope there's not an injury. I mean, let's. I that could be the worst thing that could ever happen if he comes back and gets injured again, right? Like that would be awful. So let's pray that doesn't happen. For sure, for sure. Uh, but you know, like I said, congratulations being being fully cleared, man. On on a, you know, when you, when someone can say they actually died and came back, that's that's amazing. But to actually come back and then play at a at a level that you know it takes to be an NFL football player. That's, that's wild. Um, in other football news, uh, Jalen hurts signed a five year extension, $255 million, Making it 24, right, million, son. $24 million signing bonus, $179 million guaranteed. So this extension makes him the highest paid player in the NFL warranted or nah um highest highest paid player in uh nfl history uh Mm -hmm. i don't think it's warranted i think he's up there as the top you know top three quarterbacks in the nfl for sure definitely warranted a, a a major major contract contracts are getting more and more expensive every single year so it doesn't surprise me that he broke another barrier. Uh, But I love Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think he deserves everything that's coming his way, everything that we saw through his college uh, career, the way he's handled himself. You know, he's calm, cool, collected. Uh, He's went through a lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, he proved, I think he proved to everybody last year, he's top-tier quarterback. He he may be one of the best in the league, right? Uh, Yeah. I think he he got a little screwed uh, at the Super Bowl, but you know it just kind of is what it is. And yeah. I think he's going to be around uh, for a while. He seems healthy. Uh, he, I mean, he does get out of the pocket, but not a absolutely tremendous am- uh, amount, right? He does get out of the pocket. He does run, uh, but it's not overly. He's not overdoing it. I'd say like a Lamar Jackson, you know, comes out of the pocket. What? you know, uh, in, in a three down, uh, he gets out of the pocket two out of the three downs. You know what I mean? Like his Mm. Lamar's chances of getting hurt, I think are way higher, uh, than Jalen hurts, but I think he deserves it. Uh, I really do. I I think he's, I said, he's one of the top, uh, quarterbacks in the league. I mean, that's a, that's a ton of money. Goodness. That's a ton of money. Uh, but Contracts are getting bigger and bigger, so doesn't surprise me that that he'll be the highest paid athlete in the NFL. Question is, yeah. is uh, is who else who else deserves higher than him? So that was that was the question. Obviously, I mean, you have Lamar Jackson that's holding out. He's waiting for that big contract. He's looking around, and then you and then you see Jalen Hurts gets this big contract, and he's like, "Hey, I'm a former uh, MVP." You know, I was like. If he, if I, like I'm the French, like I'm the name of the, I'm the face of this, uh, of this team here in Baltimore. Like I, I deserve more money than that. Right. Or no. Uh, no, he doesn't. I mean, that, that's a short no? answer. 
No, no? Jalen Hurts is better than Lamar Jackson. Again, wow, they're there's, up there. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of but, people. There's a lot of Baltimore Raven fans that are, aren't going to like this, sir. Uh, I, the difference is, is Jalen Hurts can throw the ball. I mean, yeah. it's pretty simple. Jalen Hurts can run and he can throw. Lamar can mm. throw, but is he a more accurate, a better passer than Jalen Hurts? No, he's not. Sorry. I don't know. We, I mean, look, look at the, look at the weapons that Hurts uh, has compared to the weapons that uh, you know Jackson has. He has no receivers. He has Mark Andrews, a tight end, or like he had Hollywood player, Brown. Every... He had Hollywood Brown at one point. Yeah, he was somewhat successful. But I mean, does he deserve to be paid more than the man that just took the Eagles to a, a you know what should have been a, a super the one of the greatest Super Bowls in NFL history that we got screwed yeah. out of, right? I mean, he, they yeah. had an amazing season. You can say that that there were people around him. Yeah, there was, but it doesn't change the fact that uh, I think Jalen Hurts was is just a better quarterback. Yeah, no, um, I'm going to say out of that debate, because I, I don't know, but you can definitely tell, uh, you know, the, those those weeks that uh, Jalen Hurts was hurt, you know, and he didn't play. That team was completely different with a different quarterback under the center. Right. So, I mean, I don't think I don't think they didn't lose a game until he got hurt. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts, is he's worth every penny of what he got. It sounds um, like you're you're agreeing with me now, Monty. I know you're tiptoeing around yeah. the, the conversation here. But I'm, I'm I mean, call it, you. I'm, dude, call it for what it is, man. Yeah. Call it for what I'm it is, a... okay? Lamar Jackson is causing turmoil within his franchise right now, causing turmoil he's within not, his franchise because he's like, he's not getting paid his worth, I think, you know. Well, okay, that's that's fine, but you can't sit there and be like, I should be paid more than a, a guy who just took his team to the Super Bowl, greatest season in history. No on-field issues, no off-field issues, right? He's a true, he's a, a leader. Everybody looks to him, right? Like, I'm sorry, like you can't compare the two. I think I think uh, Lamar Jackson should get a extremely sizable contract, right? He is, you know, top top five, top six quarterback in the whole NFL, right? He should get a very sizable contract, but. To say that he is worth more than Jalen Hurts, I don't think so. Interesting. Time, time, time will time will tell if I can speak English. Um, but yeah, Hurts Hurts is good, and um, and uh, yeah, I mean that Eagles team if they keep it together, like they'll definitely they'll win a Super Bowl eventually. Because like I said, they they probably should have won uh last year they can keep those those pieces together you know maybe you know at it at a at a strong running game because they, they lost miles sanders um you know and keep that keep that defense intact they'll they'll they're going to do some things you know fly fly eagles fly for you know, put lamar Cowboys jackson things. in the backfield hey hey <laughs> lamar jackson he can do it all he, he can run he can catch he can probably catch he put him in the slot he'll throw, he'll throw the ball to himself another taste on hill yeah, he, yeah, he, he can. He's faster than Taysom Hill too. I don't know, so we'll see. But, uh, but I, you know, I hope, like I said, I hope they both. Like, obviously, Hurts got paid, but I hope they both get paid because he, cause, yeah, uh, Lamar, Lamar Jackson is a top tier quarterback in the league, and so he he deserved to get paid like one. Um, I agree. Obviously, with you. um, and also he needs, you know, give give him give him a give him a an AJ Brown to throw the ball to and see what happens. I I don't know. So, 
Dude, I, I just think he, I think Baltimore needs to pay him more than anybody. Baltimore needs to pay him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I, I think they should shell out the money. Show yeah, me the I, money. I think, show me. The, and I think a good sign that they're going to do that, like, you don't sign Odell Beckham and, and then lose your, you know, your franchise quarterback. Right. So like, I'm pretty sure they have plans and place to keep lamar jackson there and okay it was like we got you a receiver now you know you know like we're trying to help you out as well and so yeah. um, we'll we'll see we'll see what direction they go to and how strong they get especially with the draft but um yeah. but yeah big, big, big things for jalen hurts and in, in, in philadelphia yep um on to the nba playoffs have you been watching any of these games lately i've been seeing the clippers I've been watching yeah, the, Clippers the Clippers play. Yeah, the Clippers, you know, good. and the Clippers, man, the Clippers look good. Like it's it's going to be hard to see who comes out of the West. Um, obviously, like uh, the Clippers, they beat the Suns. They hold a one zero lead, and like the Suns aren't, you know, Suns are a good team. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, the Celtics won tonight, so they have a two zero lead over the Hawks. I can see the I can see the Celtics sweeping that. Um, Cavs, the Cavs beat the Knicks, and so that's going to be that's one to one now. Uh, and the Lakers play tomorrow, but the Lakers actually have a 1-0 uh, lead over over Memphis, which has surprised a lot of people because I know a lot of people are picking Memphis in that series. Uh, I Miami know I was. beat Mo- yeah, yeah. Miami beat Milwaukee, and I, the Greek freak Giannis might be hurt and he might not be able to play. So we'll see how that works out for for Milwaukee. And of course, Denver uh, beat Minnesota, and I don't think I don't think Minnesota has a snowball's chance to to beat to beat Denver. Well, how do you how you see in the playoffs shape out? Well, the the first thing is is if Giannis goes down, Bucks are screwed. <laughs> they are one hundred percent done. Right? Yeah. Have we got any? Have we got any updates on him? Uh, uh, I, I on if it, because. Know. If if he does not come back, they're they're done. They're yeah, absolutely that, that's done. Already, no way they may get past it. Heat, but that's as far as they go. Uh, right. Because he, he is the heart and soul. Yeah, he's the heart and soul of that team. Um, no way they make it anywhere uh, past, you know, this the um, semifinals. Uh, if he's not if he's not there, um, I'm glad Russ got past KD. Uh, for the first game, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I hope they they keep that up. Uh, Sacramento coming two zero uh, off the Warriors. I like that. Right, we talked about Sacramento. They haven't sniffed the playoffs in twenty plus years. Right, <laughs> right, and yeah. they look yeah. good. They look really good. Um, that's awesome. Uh, the game that I'm most disappointed in is Grizzlies. I really thought the Grizzlies were just going to stick it to the Lakers. Uh, yeah. But they struggled, man. They struggled. Yeah, they, did. Uh, they did not look good uh, whatsoever. Um, you know, LeBron had 21-plus points. I mean, Jackson basically carried the the team the entire day, right, the entire game. Right. Uh, nobody else helped whatsoever. Um so hopefully they can turn it around. And yeah. uh, I know I know Lakers have a lot of talent, so you can never count them out. 
but I just thought the Grizzlies, you know, we're going to, we're going to put it to them. They're just really talented team. Um, so that was a little frustrating uh, to watch them uh, go down in flames the first game. Uh, our Knicks had a great first game. They looked good uh, to turn around and lose to the Cavs uh, in the second <laughs> game, which is frustrating. Um, yeah. But they still looked fine. So I, I think they'll they'll go ahead and pull this pull this one out. Uh, there's no way the Timberwolves even sniff a victory versus the Nuggets. <laughs> I mean, not, not even, even close. close. Not even close. Yeah. Nuggets just trampled them. Um, and I think they they just boy, Denver looks good, man. They look yeah. really really good. So yeah, yeah. I I think they're the team to beat really. Um, out of any team, any team right now, uh, throughout the whole thing, but in the Western Conference, the Nuggets look, they look mighty, mighty good. So yeah. Yeah, coming I'm, out of the, go ahead. No, I'm saying Nuggets and Clippers to me, right out, out of the West. I think I think that's going to be your your conference championship right there if it if it works out that way. I I agree with you. I mean, like I said, the Kings looked good, dude. Yeah, Kings oh, really yeah, a Warriors yeah, team true. is hard to get past, man. Um, oh well, yeah, you know Steph dropped what twenty nine points uh, last game. First game was close, right? Uh, I think Kings won by like three points or so. But yeah. uh, man, the Fox kid is uh, yeah. missed out. He had thirty one points last game. Uh, yeah, he won Clutch Player of the Year. This is the first time this award's been handed out, and uh, and it it went to him. Wow, I, I think I think they look pretty good. I, my my prediction is Sacramento and in Denver, but Denver just takes it down. I don't think Sacramento has enough uh, bench to to keep up with them. But the the yeah. Eastern Conference, I don't think there's a runaway. Maybe the Celtics. Celtics yeah. looked I mean, really good. If Giannis, if he can't come back, you have to say Celtics are the favorite, right? I mean, he's doubtful for game that. two. So, I mean, if, you know, if Milwaukee, even Milwaukee gets in the in a big hole and he does come back, it might not be enough to to win the series. So, yeah, I, I, you, I agree I mean, with you. You have to say Celtics at this point, because um, I mean they're probably the, the healthiest team too. Everyone else is kind of banged up, so um, they play good defense. They score, they score a lot of points. It's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them. I, I agree with you. I think if uh, if Giannis doesn't come back, um, then yeah, yeah, uh, Celtics run away with that one. So, but if Giannis is back, if he, if he comes back, I think I think Mil it's going to come down to Milwaukee and Boston, and I still think maybe Boston pulls that one out. Right? They're just they just look yeah. good, man. They look good. Yeah, they, they look good. Took it down pretty easily last. Uh, last game so uh i want to focus in on this la uh phoenix game for a sec did you see the video of russell westbrook getting it in getting into it with another fan oh yeah yeah uh, after the game Dude. we came up and met him and yeah he has his, his jersey rolled up so you can see his abs and he's already just giving it to what him. Is, i okay look i'm a westbrook fan i love westbrook but right. Stop arguing with fans. Stop right. doing that, dude. 
Like fucking right. stop. I mean, it makes you look like a little whiny bitch. Stop. Like stop. I need right. you to stop. <laughs> like right. I can't tell you how many people he's argued with in the stands. Like one of the oh, yeah. one of the points of like being a fan is you get to yell and shout and you know knowing that they can't do anything about it, right? Like yeah. that, that's it's one of the the uh, I don't know fascinations with with sports and being close to the players and different things like that. But people aren't gonna like people aren't gonna like Russell if he keeps doing this, right? Like yeah. well, I don't already, like to see it's already him. started. Yeah, I don't like to see like I don't want you. Like, I don't want you to argue with fans. Like, first off, he's a fan, right? You right. could obviously whoop him in any setting. I mean, you are you tower over him. You look, you know, your six-pack, you got, this guy looks like he just, <laughs> you know, drank 30 beers. Like, what are you yeah. trying to, what are you trying to do? Like, I don't understand. Right. So I don't think it's a good look. I don't think it's yeah. a good look for Russ, and he needs to stop doing it. Yeah, it's a, it's an awful look. It, dude, it comes to the territory. You pay, you're getting paid millions of dollars to play a kids game, right? Um, people, your home fans, they're gonna cheer you and tell you how amazing you are and they love you. Those away fans, they're gonna heckle you, they're gonna boo you, and they're gonna talk trash. Part of the and game. Like, that's part of the game, and like that's why you know people play home and away because they know playing away is so much harder because of the fans. And like you just gotta get used to it and you gotta play through it. You can't go and fight everybody who who Seriously. boos you or says something bad. It says something bad about you. You got to be able to block it out and you got to be able to play, you know? And so it is like, it's, you know, it's going to get to the point and it's kind of already started where people are going to turn on you because, because of this behavior. And like, you know, you, I mean, just, just play the game. You're so athletic and so talented. You don't, you don't need to be doing this other, this other stuff, you know? So I totally agree with you. Cut it out. Stop. Like, just let, let your play speak. Right. I mean, that, that's yeah. it's the greatest thing about sports. Right, if people can talk yeah. uh, talk all they want, you know. But at the end of the day, all you have to do is go out there and perform, and you shut them up. Yep, yep. Right, sweep, sweep the suns, and this guy will never yes, talk trash sweep, to you. Yeah, <laughs> you're exactly right. Right, like, but I, I'm just I'm 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 tired of seeing him because I mean it doesn't make you look strong. It makes you look very weak when you have yep. to sit there and argue with a fan. Right, yep. like the the old timers. Right. They never argued. They just went out there and they beat the shit out of their opponents. Right. That's the way you trash talk in sports. Right. right? Because it doesn't matter that you're going to talk back to them. If you lose, like you lost, like winning speaks louder than getting in people's faces. So, yep. Cut it out. Cut it out. I agree. I agree. And we, I, we love you, Russ. You, you know, we're not, you I know, do, we're not I talking do love Russell. We're not saying anything bad about you, but, uh, but uh, you got you got to cut out your game. Actually, right now they're uh, they're actually beating the Suns right now. I don't know if you have it on. You've been paying attention, but it's in the second quarter and they're up by 10, 42, 32. Yeah, yeah, I've been keeping up with it. Um, let let's hope. I mean, like I said, I I am a Russell Westbrook fan, even though he's doing this stuff. I still uh, his loyalty to Thunder. Um, oh you yeah, know, will make me a forever uh, Russell Westbrook the way he played. You know, averaging a triple yeah. double is incredible. Well, so I'm I'm definitely rooting for him to win. Plus, I hate KD. Um, yeah, he he uh, abandoned us Thunder. So uh, I will forever yeah. dislike KD, and I I hope Russell puts it to him. And Kawhi Leonard, man, he scored 23 points last game. Uh, he's looking good. Um, the quiet yeah. killer, as I as I how's, like to call him. How's PG doing? 
Paul George still playing well or no? Um, let me take a look at the stats. I, I didn't didn't look at anything that uh, that he did. Um, there's nothing really on here. I would have to pull yeah. up the actual uh, the okay. actual stats. Take a take a look and see what he did. Right. Really, I just saw uh, Kawhi Leonard did well. Uh, KD struggled a little bit. Um, so Booker Booker had a pretty decent game. Really, Booker's yeah. the one that's going to need to step up because everybody's kind of capitalizing on uh, on KD. McKinney. So I think I think yeah. if Suns are going to win, um, it's it's going to take uh, Booker stepping up. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, I mean, obviously, I mean Westbrook's going to be Ding them up probably, right? West Westbrook can play some D, and I think it's a matchup problem too because you I mean you have like I said. Uh, you know, Kawhi and you have Paul George, two two great defensive players kind of helping shut down KD, you know. So like I think they're gonna struggle, man. They're gonna have a hard time. Yeah, uh Chris Paul had seven points, uh 10 assists, 11 rebounds. So he's doing what he always does, right? Gets a lot of rebounds, has <laughs> yeah. a lot of assists, uh, not yeah. the most efficient score. Uh it looks like Devin Booker had 26, KD had 27 uh that first game. So He's do he's doing what he should be doing, right? Yeah. Um, Russell didn't have the best game. <laughs> he didn't have the best game in the world. Uh, right. Eight assists, oh, eleven yeah. boards, uh, nine points. Um, Thirteen of nineteen shooting. Oh, we I, we all know he's he's not a Russ. shooter, right? Like Russ. I mean, and you know. What's his? What was his turnovers like? We know we know he he gets a lot of turnovers usually when he when he gets a little nervous. You know, uh, he so. had, he only had two turnovers, so see, wasn't that see, bad. perfect. You protect the ball and, and and just play hard. So that and that seems like what he's doing. So yeah, <laughs> he he may he may he may have one of the worst shooting percentages in the. Bro. <laughs> I mean, oh dude, I I still love him though. Still love him. It was one, still, one for six him. from three point range. Oh my gosh, I, I love, I love. Like, yeah, he can't. We 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 saw in OKC, like especially in 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 like pressure moments, the guy is not a scorer. So yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. But yeah, so that, I mean that round that rounds up uh, the NBA playoffs. Like I said, uh, a lot of the game twos are tonight and tomorrow, so we'll have a good idea of who's going to the next round and who's and who's not. Uh, John Morant also got hurt, um, so that might affect the Memphis Grizzlies uh, quite a bit because I, I think he broke his hand or he 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 left. So like he's out. Injury, he's so. done, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's I don't mm. know. They're they're supposed to get X rays today and, and report on it. And I haven't seen anything back yet, but they're suspecting a broken hand. So if that's if that's what happens, then the the Grizzlies might be uh, going home early. Well. That is a perfect time now that we're depressed that the Lakers are going to win to roll into our politics. <laughs> Boy, I really thought the Grizzlies were going to take him down, but without uh, him, in, that's going to be difficult to. He said know. he's a game time call for game two. Okay, well, hopefully he stays stays in it, right? Because yeah. that, they're going to yeah, be hard to beat without him. They're going to need him for sure. Well, uh, let's let's roll into some politics. I'll start out um, just with with Joe Biden, right? Because mm -hmm. um, I I've got some clips to show you. Uh, 
here in just a little bit, but I don't think Joe Biden knows where he is 90% of the time. I mean, I, I sat and I watched um, international news on Joe Biden and I mean, they are just, they're embarrassed for us is how bad this has gotten. Like, I do not think Joe Biden is with it uh, whatsoever. But on top of that, the one thing that we're starting to see a little backlash uh, for is not taking questions. If you've noticed, when's the last time you've seen Joe Biden take an actual non- pre-selected question from reporters it doesn't happen it doesn't happen right and what irritates me is when they came into office what the white house press secretary says and i quote joe biden is proud to lead the most transparent administration in american history the Mm. most transparent administration american history they can't answer a question like what are they talking about right uh jen the first white house press secretary uh said they're gonna bring transparency and truth back to the government and joe biden won't even answer a damn question so i mean do you think that they have been transparent whatsoever up to this point uh no, I mean obviously, obviously, obviously they haven't, and everyone says they're trans. Every you know, you know, president has come in tra- tries to uh, say they're transparent, but like they're transparent to what they want you to know, and not what's actually the real transparency is. And you know, and obviously the press secretary, like you can you can like hear some of her answers, and you're like, what are you talking about? Like it's not even like. It's not even close, like to being believable sometimes. So that kind of blows my mind. And you know, and I really think I re- like I totally agree, agree with you that Biden is just obviously we've heard his speeches before. Like we've heard him stumbling and bumbling through words, and you know, sometimes he says stuff that's erratic, and you have no idea what he's talking about. I really believe if he could, he he would answer a lot of those questions. I just really believe like the guy is not with it, and he he can't do it. Like he like I agree with there's you. There's a war. There's who someone attacked Ukraine. What you know, like, like it's. I I really think that you know, and it, it, it might come and go. Like, like, but that sharpness, like, I I think you know his administration does a lot for him, and and I think he's just a figurehead at this point. And I I really don't think he has the ability to even address some of these questions that aren't already scripted for him. Well, like. My my biggest thing is they keep saying that he's being transparent, that he's answering questions, when any normal person could look and say, no, he he's not. He's not whatsoever. Like, literally gaslighting at the highest level, right? So, so here's a good stat. To date, right, they pulled the past, uh, past five presidents, and mm. they made a count— of how many times the president has spoken to media. Now, right. if you notice, Trump never had a binder full of people that he, if you watch Joe Biden, he literally has a binder and he goes down the list. Okay, I'm supposed to call on this person. Like, I'm going to call on you. Do, you. do you remember Trump's? He was just like, yo, 
here, talk to me. You know, he just pointed at people and was like, you can go, you can go, you can go. It was same with Obama, right? It was same with Bush. There was no list. There was no, right. you know what I mean? Like you, he, you just started yelling questions and he started answering them. But up to this point, oh. Biden has spoken to the media 23 times over the last three years to date. So compared right. to Trump, Trump had spoken to the media 41 times. Mm-hmm. Obama had spoken to the media 53 times. President Bush had spoken to the media 45 times. Here's kicker. Clinton had spoken to the media 92 times up wow. to this point. Yeah. Right? So the whole being transparent, Joe Biden's taking question. He's not. He's not. Like, stop treating us like we're stupid, like we're idiots, like we don't see what's going on. Right. The in my personal opinion is he can't answer questions. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason yeah, that, yeah. that he's not answering questions. So with that being said, we're gonna queue up this this video here because this is one of the, the videos from him in uh Ireland, right? And it is him trying to uh take a question from somebody in the crowd. And I, I just want you to, to listen to the question and listen to the answer, okay? Oh, yeah. Questions, because the key to success, the key to success is whenever you disagree with someone, it's okay to question their judgment, whether they're right or wrong. But it's never okay to question their motive. There was a guy named Jesse Helms, and he was a very conservative guy who was very, very, not very crazy about african-americans when he got here he was all we always had fights the idea that i disagree with everything he said but when he suggested he was doing it he didn't care about people with disabilities he was wrong because of his motive that's a long answer to <laughs> okay case in point this dude can't answer a question what did he just say? What the it hell started did he one say? way? It started going this way, and then he went, and he ended up going back this way. Like I have no idea what that was. What's the key I, to no success? Can... The key to success is whenever you disagree with somebody, it's okay to question their judgment. What? But never question their motive. What? And let's talk about Jesse Helps. This guy named Jesse Helps. <laughs> just what? I just can't. Come I'm on, like, man. So. He's not transparent. They're not being transparent. This isn't a, an administration of transparency whatsoever. And I'm tired of him not taking questions, right? It, it's our right to ask him questions. Like, he's not a freaking dictator, right? He doesn't get to run the media. He doesn't get to, to sit behind a desk and not take questions. You don't get to do that, right? This is America. You, you're not a dictator, we should be able to ask you questions and you should be able to answer them. But this is a main reason why we need to get this guy the hell out of office because he's not doing us any favors whatsoever. We look, I mean, people are all over the world are just laughing, are just laughing, right? He, he can't stop doing stuff like this and it makes us look weak and it makes us look like a bunch of idiots. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, I think they like they see the deficiency he has, and I think like 
I think that's the reason why they don't let them speak and answer questions. Because I mean, think if you heard those answers on a regular basis, like how, you know, you talk about how foreign countries already look down on us and talk bad about us. I mean, think if they heard him answer qu questions off the top of his head every week, they'd be like, like it, I mean, they would, it'd be worse with, you know, so obviously like they don't want him to answer questions, maybe not because of transparency factor, but the fact that that, like the guy doesn't have it together upstairs and like, you don't know what's going to come out of his mouth, you know? And, and, you know, unfortunately, like, you know, I, I, I remember back in the day when people used to give uh, Bush a, a lot of crap for how like he was, how he was public speaking. Cause he wasn't, he wasn't great at all, but like, dude, he, he makes like, I mean, Biden yeah. makes him seem like a road scholar by, <laughs> by, by miles, you know? And so like, so I, I mean, I, I get it. You know, he's a career politician at one time. He was probably very sharp and, and, and he had it together, but you know, at his age, especially when you're talking about re-election and him running again for president, like, I mean, someone has to literally, definitely, someone needs to step in and be like, hey, you know, we can't do this. And, you know, we, we're concerned for his health, his well-being, and we're concerned for, like, you know, our country in the direction that it needs to go to. That, I mean, to, that's the know, main thing, to, right? To, 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 to prosper, right? So, um, I mean, I, I, I know maybe you know, Joe Biden, you know, still wants to be in this position. I know some, some Democrats maybe in the background that, that are kind of running and controlling things, want him to be in this position, but like, but for the, for the, you know, well-being of everyone involved, like it, it needs to, it needs to change. We need to go into a different direction. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm still blown away that he's our president. Like it still blows me right. away. Right. Like that right. dude that we just saw, is supposed to be the the leader of our country like right that it's just ridiculous it, we look dumb we look stupid seriously right. it's it's highly frustrating you know somebody who like me who who truly cares about you know the health and wealth of america that guy makes us look dumb it, it makes us look <laughs> stupid and something has to change Something has to change because we cannot have somebody like that. And we really can't have somebody like Trump either. Like this oh, next yeah. election is highly important just for the overall mm. look of America as strength and somebody right. that foreign countries can look upon. Right. Like imagine being a foreign leader and trying to talk to that dude. You think that conversation's going well? No. Uh, I mean, no. Not at all, right? right? Like, I think there's a reason that France is trying to partner with China, right? They, you can't talk to them. Can't have a conversation <laughs> with them. So yeah. anyways, that was that was the, the big thing on, on the Biden front. Um, the other political news is what's going on in Chicago. Have you seen what's been going on? Yeah, I've been paying a little bit of attention. I mean, China's been a mess. I mean, not China. <laughs> Chicago has <laughs> been a mess. Yeah, you, you mentioned China, and I totally, oh man, Chicago has been a mess for a, a long time. But obviously, like it's not getting any better. Uh, it's definitely seems like it's getting worse. But I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you, let you handle it. No, no, I mean, I mean that that's the main thing is is just Chicago is becoming just an absolute hellhole, and you know they keep electing people that let people get away with rioting and looting. Right. Yeah. I mean, Chicago, I mean, 
companies are leaving in droves over there. No yeah. company is getting going. Hey, we're going to set our corporate office in Chicago, right? Nobody's saying that. Oh yeah, right. you know what I mean. There was a a report that came out that four WalMarts are shutting down in Chicago. Mm. Four WalMarts. Why? Because they're losing tens of millions of dollars a year out there, and right. you have the political class calling Walmart racist for leaving instead of addressing the problem. And I'm going to show you the problem. Okay. This is the issue with Chicago, right? I pulled a couple of videos of what grocery stores in Chicago look like. You want to know why Walmart is leaving? It has nothing to do with uh, racism or anything like that. It has to do with this right here. Every grocery store looks like this. Everything is either on the floor. Look at Look, this. The celery's still fully stocked. I can't even get no food for my kids, G. I mean, you, you wonder why Walmart's packing all their stuff and leaving. It, it's yeah. It's it's looted constantly, right? I mean, they you can't make any money in. You know, Walmart's not a charity, right? They they have to make money. So I, I'm just I'm I'm tired of people not addressing uh the issue. And the issue has everything to do with the security of Chicago and the crime in Chicago. But nobody wants to address it. Right? And what happened this weekend is is the same issue, right? A, a group of teens rioted throughout the city right and and for those ha who haven't seen it i'll i'll give you exactly what happened here with this with this clip money okay this is an yeah. actual news report from what took place this weekend this is the scene just about an hour ago on Washington and Wabash. You can see a pretty large crowd there that's gathered in that area. And here's the thing. We sent our own crew to that scene trying to get more information, but they weren't even able to get out of their vehicle because they were swarmed by a group of people. This all comes just a day after a similar incident at 31st Street Beach that turned violent. NBC 5's VWIN spoke to one person who witnessed it. A witness who didn't want to be identified described what he saw last night at 31st Street Beach as chaotic. It's heartbreaking. Kids fighting, chasing each other. Some of them got guns, and then it's really heartbreaking when one of them actually get hurt. And that's unfortunate. That's what happened last night. He says more than a thousand teens gathered at the beach after seeing flyers posted on social media for a teen trend. It was a lot of cops here, but they were still outnumbered. It was so many teenagers that showed up. And they tried to they tried to keep the peace and keep them under control. The large gathering ended with a 14-year-old boy shot in the thigh just before 9 p.m. The gunshot sent hundreds of teens running. He was actually on live and heard the gunshots, um, and then he just collapsed on the ground. Cell phone video obtained by NBC5 mm. shows this vehicle believed to be a Tesla up in flames shortly after the shooting. It was a car. They were standing on multiple cars, jumping on cars, um, and. 
one of the cars just kept driving in circles, which I believe that's the one that caught on, they set on fire. While police couldn't provide any more details about this incident, the department released this statement saying, quote, CPD monitored activity happening across the city and officers were in place to quickly respond to active incidents and large gatherings. We will continue to have sufficient resources in place as we work to strengthen safety in every neighborhood. What's it going to take? The community has to step up. Parents got to step up. We can't keep blaming politicians and waiting on them. It starts with us. It's going to take us to save us. Police say a 17-year-old was arrested for gun-related charges. A squad car was also damaged. No officers were hurt. V1. So that's actually what took place. Right, as you can see, a group of teens, you know, surrounding the city, stomping on cars, looting. Um, the most... Uh, Probably the most horrendous video that I've seen is this one I'm going to show show you that um, if you're squeamish, uh, I'd turn away because this one is this one's pretty bad. Um, and I'll narrate. I'll turn the the sound off. But this one was probably the worst one that I saw. It makes me very very sad to see that this is actually uh, going on. That is a young white woman trying to get into her building, and now they're just. Gonna... So, it's a woman trying to get into her building, and it's a a mob of uh, black teens basically stomping her and beating the crap out of her. So, this is everything that's going on in Chicago, right? I mean, it's absolutely horrific to watch, um, but. You know, Lori Lightfoot and the new mayor came out and said, um, calling this, you know, uh, a riot and different things like that is not okay because these are minority children that are underprivileged. So basically giving giving these kids an excuse to beat the crap out of women, uh, loot, you know, loot stores and you know set cars on fire right like I, I i don't understand i don't understand why we can't as a society say hey this isn't good right like it doesn't matter if they're underprivileged or not looting rioting and setting cars on fire not the way you're supposed to act Right? Can't we? Can't we just say that, Monty? I mean, how easy is that? Oh, to yeah, say? Yeah. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty easy to say. Right? Why don't Why don't more politicians say that? Yeah, I don't know. I think mean, obviously, like, um, uh, for Lightfoot and and the people in, in Chicago, I think, you know, they they're playing politics, right? And I think a lot of people, a lot of their voters, a lot of the people that voted for them, um, probably come from that maybe that demographic in that area and so they don't want to upset uh their voters instead of doing what's right for the for the entire public and, and who knows if you do what's right for the entire public you might gain voters from another uh segment or area that that you didn't have before because you actually stood up for what what was right um obviously like you know like like we talked about almost in every episode you know 
Um, even when our, in our, you know, our Jesus talks and there's everything we talk about, you know, there's a right and there's a wrong and it's, and it's not easy to, I mean, it's not hard to do what's right. It's not hard to promote what's right. You know, it, you just have to stand up and do it, you know? So, I mean, obviously violence is always wrong, you know, and, 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 and I, I hate when people use the word protest now because like we talked about this before, like the word protest gets thrown away, thrown around like anytime something happens when like that is not what what true protest is, you know? So, um, but to go back to your original question, yeah, it's, it's not hard. And I don't understand why, um, you know, these people like the mayors, you know, the governor, all these people are making excuses for, for, for actions that are, you know, obviously, obviously wrong. But do you think race has something to do with that? Um, um, yes and no. Like I said, I, I mean, I think like if you look, if you look at, you know, obviously she's a Democrat, right? So obviously, you know, I, I, like I said, I think it's more political than anything because I mean, she knows the demographics that that put her in the office, and yet it's going to be it's going to be African American, you know, and they probably she probably knows the Democrats like of you know high income middle. Um, income, low income. I mean, they're probably like it's probably like you know um, the middle to low income people who voted her for her in office, right? And so I think like she needs to keep those votes, and so she's working to cater to that to that segment. So if she stands up for for them and be like, hey, I'm I'm a person for you, you know, this is what's going on, and and stick up for them, you know, that's that's a way of keeping her 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 voter base, you know. So obviously. You know, when she's thinking about re-election or thinking about staying in office or whatever the case may be, if she speaks out to the people uh, against the people who put her in office, obviously her chances of re-election uh, diminishes. You know, I I think it's more damaging to the black community when you say these actions are okay because you're a minority, right, or because you know, as they would say, you know, you're a young, poor black man, right? So you've got the world against you. So we need to treat, you know, we need to treat them with kid gloves, right? And say, yeah, it's not okay, but you can't, you know, demonize or say this was a bad thing because these are, you know, uh, underprivileged black kids. And I, I just don't think that does, does us any good, right? I, I, I really don't. I don't think it's okay to let to to have actions like these um you know keep going on because you're uh you know trying to per- protect a, a group of kids that are causing riots and damage and different things like that like we we need to come out and say hey this isn't okay no matter what freaking color you are no matter what you know if you're privileged underprivileged it doesn't matter right you cannot do these things like it, you want to have work. You probably should stop looting the stores that are hiring people, right? Like you want to have opportunity, stop, you know, rioting in the streets. So companies can come in and build, you know, corporate offices, right? You, you, you want to get up in the corporate ladder. Well, you know, you should probably be able to walk, from your house to your to your business without you know some sort of crime happening but i i feel like they're not able to do that so the city's not going to get better it's just going to keep getting worse when you let people get away with this right when you let these actions um happen 
and have no recourse for it, right? Like think of, think of like you as a child, right? When you did something wrong, your dad didn't just let you get away with it, right? I mean, that would have been dumb. Right. That would have been really stupid because yeah. you just kept doing it, right? But right. the reason that you grew up knowing what to do and what not to do is because you were told. You were told not right. to do that stuff, right? And that's the way we need to treat everybody, right? It's not a matter of color or, you know, uh, poverty level. It's a matter of right and wrong, right? And we have to stop. We have to stop the the whole race thing and just look at the actions and just say, hey, this isn't right, no matter what color. Let's stop doing this so we can actually rebuild our city. But until they do that, that city is going to be garbage. Absolute garbage. Worse than it already is. Right? It's right up there with Detroit. Oh, oh man. Just teed, teed that one up nicely. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, you're right. I mean, you know, it's going to get to the point where, like, obviously – um if if the city's not going to you know police uh these individuals then you know like you said corporations they might hire security to to police you know at least protect their buildings and protect their staff you know uh and then that can that could even turn violent but obviously you know like you know chicago's had a gang problem for a very long time they they kill more of each other than you know any other city um in the country um and like, you know, we've let this go on for, for, for far, far too long, you know, and obviously like there's that guy that was in the interview and they're talking about, Oh, you know, the parents who do a better job. I'm pretty sure if a 14 year old's out in the street at this time, like he's coming from a broken home. He doesn't have a mom. He doesn't have a dad. He doesn't have that parent to be like, Hey, you need to come home and do your homework. Right. And so obviously like there needs to be, someone needs to step up into that role. And he has, obviously doesn't have a father figure or a mother figure. Then you know what? Like the police, someone needs to teach him the law, you know, like, like you said, the longer someone does something and gets away with it, the longer they think they can continue to do that and get it because they think they're going to always get away with it, you know, and I don't know, you know, I don't like, uh, Trump was, I forgot what city it is, but like, yeah, he, I, I, well, I think it was even Chicago when he wanted to call the National Guard in, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, kind of take back our city, you know, like, I mean, I, you, you cannot let, you know, your city get overrun by 14, 15, and 6 year old youths, right? Yeah, they have guns. But I mean, like you have you have a police force there. Um, you have, like I said, the National Guard there. There are things in place that to prevent this from happening. You just have to like, you know, say the word, let them go out and do their job. Because I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, this mob, I know it started on, you know, social media, whatever, but this could have been handled a lot quicker. It could have dissolved a lot faster and could have been handled the proper way. I think if someone just, just gave the, the say so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And it's just, it's sad to see. I don't, I don't want to see any city in the United States, uh, oh, yeah. you know, have to go through this. And, and I know the people that are there, right. Uh, yeah. Fearing to go outside and walk down the street. We just watched a, a woman trying to get into her apartment get beat by a mob of of teens, right? That that's yeah. not it's not good. It's not good at all, right? Chicago's and, a beautiful city, man. You know the you know the Cubs, the rich history Chicago has. Like it, it, yeah. it's it's awful to see to see it just get you know run down by you know by you know a bunch of uh, youth with nothing else better to do than run around and just freaking torment the city, right? You like like you said, like there are still neighborhoods, there's still communities, you know, and when, 
when grocery stores, when you don't have a grocery store to get food from, like, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to have, you, you got to move, you got to relocate, you know, because yeah. when companies, when companies don't feel like it's safe or profitable um, to be in your area, like you're just, you're hurting yourself in the long run. Right. And so, um, and obviously they don't understand that they don't see that, but um, eventually when, you know, they don't have food to eat, I mean, it's going to, it's going to become reality. Yeah. And that, and that's sad. Cause uh, you know, I, I dealt with that on 61st in Peoria, right. Where there was a cock saver, um, you know, um, store that was basically the only store in the area. Right. And the majority right, yeah, of yeah. those people walked and it shut down. Right. People yeah. were, were scared. They, they didn't know what they were going to do. They were going to have to walk two miles, you know, down the street to the other Walmart. So, you know, a Walmart shutting, especially four Walmarts, um, shutting in the same area, right? That's a that's yeah. a really big deal. But the problem oh, is, yeah. is nobody is addressing the actual issue, right? So it's not going to get any better, right? Until somebody in Chicago is willing to step up and talk about the actual issue, it's just going to keep happening. You're going to keep screaming, you know, victim, and stores are just going to keep leaving. Right. I mean, you you keep looting the stores and then turn around and go, why are you leaving? You know, somebody's got to address it. I don't know who that leader is because there's sure not one of them right now out there. But I I think it's going to get to the point where where they're going to I mean, they're going to be really, really hurting more than they already are. And, you know, hopefully somebody steps up and addresses the issue. Right. And and doesn't sugarcoat it. Right. Because I'm I'm telling you, man, I think that's what's going to end up happening is people are going to get hit in the face with reality. Like Chicago is going to get hit in the face with reality really quickly. And, you know, hopefully it happens sooner than later, but hopefully it doesn't affect that many lives because they're I mean, it's going to affect those stores closing affect so many lives, like so many Mm -hmm. lives. And it's just sad. It's sad just sad to see and it sucks oh yeah they're, they're gonna be the san francisco of the midwest pretty soon <laughs> if, uh, yeah yeah if they, it's true if they keep this if they keep this up you know it, it is it is it's going to take a heavy hitter like you know there's all those uh big corporations in downtown chicago they're going to take one of those that you know pay a lot of taxes and you know to to just leave that you know the whole skyscraper freaking walks out you know and yeah and it's going to take you know when when those people, because right now I'm pretty sure that it doesn't affect their lives a whole lot, but when those people say, "Hey, enough's enough," and they leave, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people in Chicago will go like, "Hey, what's going on here?" Because now, now it's it's affecting them, you know. So, we'll we'll definitely see what happens, but I I, I hope someone stands up and turns this around, you know. I'm like, obviously, and you know, people don't like Donald Trump and stuff like that, and I get it. I'm not a fan of him either, but like, you know, when he noticed that, you know. A city or a state can't take care of themselves. He stood up and he's like, "Hey, we'll we'll take care of it. The country will take care of it." You know, like I yeah. said, when he's threatening to to bring the national guard in to clean up the streets, you know, um, a lot of people like hated it, but a lot of people celebrated it too because, like, hey, finally, like they're going to take care of the riffraff that's that's running around here. So, um, yeah, yeah, I hope like, like I'm with you, bro. Like, there's no room for it. I, you can't stand. You know, there's there's no there's no ground for any of this stuff, but like people in place that can make a change need to step up and make a change. Yeah. I'm with you. Well, hopefully we'll see that. And 
kind of moves us into, you know, a small Jesus talk is you have to stand up, man. You have to stand up for what's right. I, I've talked about this so many times, Monty. You know what I mean? Taking a stand in what's true and what's right. That's what Jesus mm -hmm. did. Right. Yeah. He never backed down because he stood on the mountain of righteousness and truth. And if you stand on that mountain, there's no reason you should back down from it. Right. right. People people can can, uh, you know, shadow whatever you're saying with all sorts of, you know, uh, it's racist or it's demeaning or it hurts this population. But if it's rooted in truth and righteousness, right, stand on that mountain. Right. Um, because I know that's what Jesus would do. Right. He faced a, a government that wanted to kill him and he never backed down. Right. And it changed mm -hmm. the world. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We got we, we got to have more Christians that are willing uh, to do that. I know we harp on this. We harp on this a lot. But I'm tired. Yeah. I'm tired of I want to see more more people standing on that that mountain, you know, Um and just sta standing on on what is correct um, for our society to get better. Um, people have to do that. Our our society needs to be rooted uh, in love um, and righteousness and truth. And it's it's broken away from there. And hopefully conversations and and uh, leaders will be able to bring that back. Right. Hopefully there's more voices in the ether uh, that are spreading this type of message. You know, I know it's not just us. There's got to be others that do it. But people have to stand up and, and speak, speak the truth. Right. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, as more people gain confidence to speak up, we'll see a little bit of change in, in our society. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I, I totally agree. And like, you know, I, I harp on this all the time that every time we have a talk about, um, you know, people going the, you know, going the wrong way or people having a hard time. And like, I, I always say what you, what you guys do, um, you know, you know, you know, obviously everyone, you know, I think needs to have Jesus in their heart, right? And they need to, they need to learn about that, need to know about that. And it's going to take you know, like, um, boots on the ground. Like, like I said, like I always say, like you guys do. That's what I always love with that, what you're doing, because, you know, I, I know there's big churches in, in Chicago. I, I, I know there's, there's big, big churches where that, that could make a difference if they were boots on the ground and they went into those communities and those areas, you know, and, and they not even just try to preach to them, but like, you know, put an arm around them, you know, tell them how much they're loved, try to be a mentor to some of these kids that, you know, don't have a family and like, and then slowly like show them what, you know, the kingdom is about, totally show them what, you know, Jesus is about and, you know, and, and kind of, you know, turn these people away from what they're doing and to, to what they could be doing. You know, like we had Pastor Mike on, you know, many episodes ago and where he came from to where he is now, right? Like, you know, he was in a gang and, that, and now he's leading a church, right? So like, you know, there's, awesome. there are people that aren't, they don't like where they're at. They just don't know how to get out of it, right? And you need to be, have boots on the ground into those neighborhoods and, you know, at least try, give, give it a chance to find the people that want to turn their lives around and make changes. And then, and then, and then once they do, they can help you reach out to others, you know? So, um, I think that, that that's always important. And I, I know it's easier said than done, but 
people can stand on their pulpit and preach and yell all they want but until like you know you get your elbows and hands and feet dirty and actually go out there and do it you know like it's going to be hard to actually change and affect people's lives that way yeah it's hard to change somebody's life standing behind a pulpit yeah 100 percent. i mean it, it, it really is yeah because I, mean, I mean you're preaching to already people that already believe in what you're saying right you're not reaching out to the people who like n- need to actually hear what you're saying yeah yeah, I mean that's that's it, man. For for the Jesus talk, get out there. You know, um, something I used to do when I was selling cars back when I was uh, twenty one, twenty two is, you know, I used to go take coffee to the homeless people that lived underneath the bridge right over by my dealership, right, mm-hmm. and you know, would just tell them I love them, ask them if they needed something, yeah. right? Yeah, go out and do those things, you know. Right. Like, like dad said last episode, uh, good overcomes evil. Evil doesn't overcome good. We are victorious with Christ. And that's the way we need to live, right? We need to, to show people, uh, the light, the love, the compassion, you know, uh, I, I can't tell you how many people just want to hug. Yeah. I mean, I go through the line. Go ahead. Just little words, little words of encouragement go a long way with some people. You know, they haven't they yeah. haven't heard a positive thing said to them or about them in such a long time. And you showing them that like, hey, hey, you look good today. You know, just like like little things, you know, just saying hi, acknowledging they exist, that they're there. It may like it can mean so much to a person. Yeah, I, absolutely, man. I'll, I'll go through that line and, and people will just hug me just because they, they need a hug. They need a little bit of love. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, we need to be doing more of that. Right. That goes a lot, a lot, uh, a very long ways. And I encourage um, everyone to do that. Right. Bring the light. Uh, Darkness is just the absent, uh, absent of light. That is it. And you bring the light, the darkness fades. So be that light. you know, hug somebody, tell them you love them, go get a homeless guy some breakfast, right? Those guys mm-hmm. need love too, right? I can't tell you yeah. how many times, how many conversations I, I had with them underneath that bridge. And they were just, they just wanted somebody to talk to, somebody to notice them, right? I mean, they yeah. live under a bridge, right? I mean, <laughs> right. pretty simple stuff, but that's the stuff that Jesus did. So we need to get out and do it. Um, not just talk about it behind a pulpit. Let's actually get out there uh, and do it as, as followers of, of Jesus. So absolutely. Uh, other than that, you got any last words, mom? Uh, no, man. Uh, you know, I, I gave all my good stuff last time. So yeah, you did. That was, that was yeah. a good <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Casey Edgar for coming on, uh, again, if you don't listen to him, uh, please get on Spotify or any social media platform, uh, follow him. Yeah. Give him a, give him a follow on all the socials. Boost them up. Let's get them up there. Absolutely. And uh, comment, like on anything that we do. If you have any questions or want us to talk about something, please comment. Uh, Please like and subscribe at any social media platform. It helps us out greatly. Uh, This is PJ's podcast where we speak of the three things that matter. Politics, Jesus, sports. Brother, I love you. Love you, brother. I'll see you soon.